Okay, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sonoma Podcast. I'm the director, Hamadai, and with me we've got a couple other people. Uh, so we'll just start from the top down. Oh, is that me? Hello, yes. yeah. I'm Adam on yes. the right. Sorry, I should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I lead the writing team, and I'm probably not very good at it, but that's me. Hi, I'm Bodo, and I'm usually the PR lead, but right now I'm on limited capacity, so I just do PR for the time being. I'm Horowar, I'm one of the programmers. I'm Lycos, I'm one of the, well, the art director for the team. I'm Dread. I'm also one of the programmers and also do some of the editing. I'm Wolf. I am the consultant and I do some of the editing as well. Okay. Well, uh, so I have everyone gathered here today because we have a little bit of an, it's, it's a little bit past our anniversary, but our, our first anniversary of releasing uh, Missing Stars Act 1 was uh, December, uh, December 29th, uh, 2019. It's 2021 we're recording this. Um, but what we wanted to do is answer a couple of questions from our fans. Uh, we had a survey uh, that we shared with social media and with our Discord. So we got a bunch of questions here that I think are really fun to answer. So I think we can uh, get that started. Um, so we've tried to separate them into a bunch of sections. Um, so we're just going to kind of go through them. So we have like a writing section, a tactical section, etc. Um, so we'll be going through them and we'll just be kind of uh, answering those questions as best we can. So we'll get started. Um, so for Adam here, uh, we had a, someone question. Uh, someone asked a question, can I get an option to ask Katya about her wrist bandages in Act 1? Because as someone who had a girlfriend who cut herself pretty regularly, it's really easy to pick up on that, and Eric not being able to say that is a little bit infuriating. Mm. It's a, you know, this is a very specific question with a lot of complex things to talk about. Mainly, you know, um, uh, Katja's writer, uh, Essie, had a quick look at this one and says that that actually that scene's gonna be rewritten. Um, so, what you see there now could change pretty significantly. Um, there's also the fact that Eric himself, as our main character, isn't, you know, he's not that up on uh, how mental issues, uh, uh, mental health problems affect people. Uh, it's not something that's had a major part in his life up until, you know, uh, a few months before the start of Missing Stars. So he may not be that observant or uh, aware of that kind of thing. But that, that part is going to be rewritten. So possibly in the future, um, it will be a bit more what you're after. But as for adding a specific uh, dialogue option uh, for Eric to, to say that, I'm not so sure. Uh, we'll see. Honestly, probably not. Okay. I think that's a good answer. Um, uh, we got another one here. How has the subject matter affected the writing process? What resources did you use to make sure characters' conditions are portrayed in an accurate and respectful manner? Uh, for, for us, we, we, had a, we had a big variety of uh, different ways to cover this. One, we do have a medical advisor on our team, uh, one Fia. Uh, she's been absolutely fantastic at providing us with materials, a lot of research papers, a lot of, uh, a lot of treatment options for people with the conditions that we've specified, as well as our own anecdotal experience, which uh, in a lot of cases really does help us make more nuanced characters as a result. Um, we feel that combining both of those is really good. 
Um, obviously, with mental health, obviously the, there are lots of questions. Um, you know, how do you portray them? You know, in a non-stereotypical manner. How do you find a, a quote-unquote average depiction of a specific mental condition? Um, I'll use uh, my character Jean as an example. Um, obviously, with her uh, specific condition, th there are many ways that it can be interpreted. Um, we decided to go with you know a more you know an, a more average option, which is usually uh, in, in John's case, you know, it's verbal tics uh, or you know physical tics like clicking, uh, moving fingers, moving uh, limbs, movements, etc. And a, a lot of people really did like that particular depiction because it described them as opposed to oh something that was seen on TV. Uh, so I think we did a really good job at achieving that goal. Uh, next question, and this is more for Wolf uh, here, who's with us. Uh, as a person with mental health issues, I was quite surprised by how well and accurately you managed to portray mental health in Act 1. I'd like to know how you achieved this, as it's something I feel a lot of media in general struggles with. Did you do a lot of research? Do any of the writers have professional or personal experience with the topic? So this is an elaboration on the previous question. Uh, generally speaking, um, yes, we do quite a lot of research. Not only do the writers do research into their individual characters, but the editors try to catch any mistakes that uh, we may have made in the writing process. Uh, but in any scene that we have in the game, expect quite a lot of research uh, would have gone into it. That combined with the fact that we have uh, a person on our uh, team that has qualifications in this, it means that we have a professional to make sure we get the right stuff out there. Uh, so, short answer, yes. I do a lot of research. Definitely really useful. Uh, let's see, next question here. What advice do you have for us fans to make sure fan works and memes don't represent or disrespect the conditions portrayed in the game? Really, the big one for us is cross-referencing, using multiple resources, like I mentioned before, uh, getting anecdotal stories, talking to people who actually have the conditions. Um, the big one, too, is just being respectful. If someone provides us with their own personal experience that they think might be helpful, um, really respecting that they were able to talk to us about it and describe what they were doing um, is really good. Uh, being respectful for actual experience is really, really valuable for writing. Um, it allows us to actually have something to source a story off of, to source you know, a particular character quirk or something that happened in that character's past. Um, being able to have those little details make our characters so much more detailed. And when it comes to fan works, I would ask that, you know, people do the same. You know, do your research, really try to understand, you know, what are the implications of a character having a specific mental condition? You know, what kind of things could they experience because of it? And basically go from there. Uh, let's see, next question here. How has fan reaction and feedback effective development. I'm going to pass this off to Adam here. A lot, Bray, basically. We, uh, for those who've not been with us for so long, uh, we released a demo of just a few scenes in, was it 2018 or the end of 2017? Around that time. Around um, that time, yeah. Yeah, about a year before we released Act 1. And if you've played that and Act 1, you'll already know that there are a ton of changes just in those few scenes that were in the demo based on what people told us they liked and disliked a lot of the um there were there was a whole fairly long scene in the demo that featured eric 
exploring parts of Vienna with his sisters, and that was found by uh, uh, players to be just too too long, and it took too long to get to, to for us to actually meet the characters that we're going to be spending the majority of our time with, which was very fair and reasonable feedback, and we took it on board and stripped it out. And now in the, the version of Act 1 you, you see released is, I think, a much better version of the game, all thanks to the uh, feedback people gave us, and so we're going to keep drawing on that. Now, we don't have much of an iterative release process. We've released Act 1, and the next release is going to be the full version of the game. Um, but Act 1 is massive, and so we've gotten a lot of feedback from Act 1 alone that we will be able to apply to the rest of the game. Uh, so a lot, pretty much. Uh, it's also nice to know which like, characters are fan favorites. And in the in the survey, right, I just, just want to get this out there, we asked which was your favorite character, and Anna won, and I'm really <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> I'm writing her. But it's even just like, that. Uh, been overwhelming, like, th I think almost a third of server responses answered that Annalise was their favorite. I'm like, dang. I Annalise swear I didn't awesome. make a bunch of fake accounts. We'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> believe you for now. <laughs> but yeah. Um, loads and you can see it in the the two versions of missing stars we've released it's the feedback is so important to us yeah Absolutely. I, I, I want to elaborate yeah. real quick uh specifically on the bug reports that people have made uh wonderful we just mm -hmm. didn't have enough time to catch everything and having a much larger like player base than just people in-house the bug reports and all the documentation people have made have helped us out a lot on fixing a backed one and for you know making things better moving forward massively and that's not even you know oh this is something i'd prefer it was just straight up you're you're doing qa work for us <laughs> without being part of the team so useful and you know we've had uh, upwards of 300 bugs reported by members of the community that we've fixed in in updates that we we didn't spot ourselves or in some cases kind of knew were there but we did, just didn't have time to do it before release such as life right but yeah, the yeah. um yeah the bug reports are incredibly useful and no doubt even after releasing the full game whenever that happens we will rely on you for those bug reports and fix them in updates so please keep them coming keep them coming them. yeah there's only so much we're going to catch so yeah mm -hmm. keep coming. break our game in half basically <laughs> yes Okay, uh, next question here. Uh, to all the writers, with Missing Stars' cast bringing together characters of different nationalities and linguistic backgrounds, how do you think writing the characters' dialogue in their second or third languages affects the way you write them? And have you been considering translating the game to German at some point in the future? It would be really interesting to see how the German, Austrian, Swiss characters' patterns of speech differed and or were similar. Uh, I can answer this one. Uh, so English and German are the two main languages of the school. Um, classes are either taught in English or German. Usually people get a choice. Uh, they're usually divided between the two. For, for us, it's just easier to write them in standard English. It's just, it's just easier to do so. Um, most of the cast are fluent speakers in English already, uh, just by nature of them being all European. Uh, the twins are an exception. It's not their first language, but they know enough of it. Uh, so that you, you'll see that they, they speak some, some things a little bit differently. Um, that's, that is by design. That's what Kuro, uh, uh, Katja's writer, not Katja, whoops, uh, twins writer, uh, Natalia and, uh, and, uh, Sophia 
he wanted to write him that specific way. It does add a little bit of uh, interesting things. Um, we've written too, like Eric struggles a little bit in French. He's a little bit unfamiliar with it. Um, in general though, for translations to answer that last question, um, we do want to look at, at having official translations for our game once everything is complete. Uh, the game is projected to be pretty big. Um, so what we would like to do is eventually have a working with a translation team or like if someone wants to do a fan-made translation, uh, we probably would work, want to work with them in a, in a official capacity. Uh, but we want to do that once the full game is released. So we probably won't have any foreign language translations for a while. Obviously, uh, with that, we're looking at doing that because it's much, much easier to translate everything once the whole game's ready, rather than translating part of a script, then something changing, having to come back to it and retranslate it again. Yeah, Absolutely. I want to be locked in for yeah. that. And yes. there's this quality assurance that goes with it too. So when we get translations, we would need to double check to make sure you know it's up to snuff. We're not releasing a poor translation, so it's a process. Basically, yeah. Uh, going in here, is the lore that Saint Dymphnos is technically property of the Jesuits going to be expanded upon in the full release? Uh, that's a question for Adam here. <laughs> uh, interesting one. It's something that I'm, you know, a bit ashamedly kind of ignorant of i honestly don't know very much about this from my perspective it's it's probably not going to come into it very much at all at least not in anna's route because it's something that's kind of a background detail and we're really writing a, a character driven drama um certainly there are mentions of it in act one already uh, and i can see some writers really grasping that and you know when scenes get written for act two and beyond you may find a few little details leak in there. I'm not aware that it's going to be, you know, a focus of any of our roots going forward, uh, because that's just not the genre we're writing. Um, so you might find a little tid, a few tidbits of information, but I'll be honest, it's not going to be like a major thing. It's it's just part of our background. Um, the characters are what really matter, I think, in our game. Exactly. If we had a character that uh, was actually devoutly religious, for example, I'm sure we would have gone into more detail with their character and, and in their route. But as it stands right now, we we really are, this is more of a very character-driven story. Uh, we're not trying to write the, you know, the entire Silmarillion and Missing Stars. We're just, we're just writing Missing Stars. You won't find a, a Missing Stars deep lore encyclopedia released anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So there's a chance. Pretty much. <laughs> Someone will probably write something. We'll find out. You said soon, so there's a chance. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Now, now we got to do it. Okay, next one here. Uh, I've been following the project since 2012, shortly after featuring Katawa Shoujo for the first time. After the closure of Love Despite, I was worried for missing stars, and I continued to be overjoyed that you all decided that the setting deadline was rash and decided to keep going. Heart emoji. Moving on to the actual question. I'm sure you've all got your hands full with just the base game, but have you considered DLC routes post-released? I think, uh, oh, that's for uh, Adam here. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's not on, our, on the cards at the moment. We, haven't, we just haven't thought about it. After release, maybe we will. Uh, who knows? It sort of depends how long things take and how much we've got left in us after releasing this bloody thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're not planning, we're not baking plans for DLC 
into the current plans. We want to tell a full and complete story without leaving anything deliberately for DLC or anything like that. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a triple A game release where they might plan content and then cut it out for DLC. It's just the story we want to tell. Um, so, <laughs> I can't say hold your breath or anything like that. I wouldn't personally be opposed to it, but we don't have any plans. Buy the Sophia right right now for four ninety nine. <laughs> there you go. Bet. Let's Only fucking go. Uh, since we were talking about uh, twins, who is the genius that is writing all of Natalia's puns? Is it a team effort, or is one of you rascals spitting out these gems completely on your own? <laughs> uh, sadly, you know that's we we have only one genius, and that's Kuro. He does so much effort in making Natalia and Sophia absolutely fantastic characters, and that also includes all of Natalia's puns. Um, it's great. There are I some wish puns I could that... claim some sort of collaborative credit for that yeah. because they're such a great part of the game. They're no, fun. It's, all Kuro. it's deeply yeah. upsetting whenever I, think, I come across a pun. Let me tell you. I think one of us have, have occasionally, you know, provided a pun in our dev chats. Um, whether or not you'll see them in the full game, that's up to Kuro. But we do have some good ones. We've got some zingers. We've got some <laughs> dad joke level puns, which I'm sure Natalia would appreciate. And uh, I just like to remind everyone that uh, you'll never be able to date Sophia. She's not <laughs> Don't fun. don't make our listeners depressed, Bodo. Please. True. We make them be depressed. We're already we're already crushing their souls by not having. Uh, what is Ella. it? Ella, Ella. Yeah. yeah. Ella not having a route. Fran not having a route. <sighs> I mean, so if we're going to stop writing such good characters, which is I mean, destroying. We need to be stopped being so talented. I know. Yeah, yeah, we've stop. Already, <laughs> we've already committed sins, so we might as well go out with a bang. There you go. And just crush everyone. represent the chains. opinion of some neighbors. <laughs> Uh, take me back to the uh, the Kato Shoujo regroup. Oh no! Good times. Oh man. Okay. Uh, next question here: Are there plans to change any parts of Act One routes, whether to maintain continuity with Act Two and beyond, or to change the pace of a route? Ooh, I can answer this one. Um, so I, I can officially announce that. Jean and Isolde will be getting a couple of extra scenes in Act 1 in a later release. Uh, we wanted to initially balance the the amount of screen time each girl got, and we noticed that uh, Jean and Isolde just kind of didn't get as much. Uh, so we do want to uh, balance that a little bit. So they will be receiving some additional scenes. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a major rewrite of their character. It's just additional content with them that we we found that when we looked at our timelines, we have, we have an official uh, timeline slash flowchart of Act 1 um, that we use to determine when and where scenes occur in, in you know, over the space of a day or a week. And we use that to determine, okay, where roughly could we potentially put in more content? And we found that there's plenty of space for some additional genre and assault content. So look forward to that. We'll be updating you guys as we uh, include this content and uh, we will make announcements uh, on our blog and on social media as time permits. Uh, uh, this next section here is for Adam. 
Uh, how do you strike the balance between each route having its own tone slash conflict and the game being an overall cohesive whole? With a lot of work and a lot of planning. It's not something that's yes. easy to do. When you're, there's, there's, there's like 25 hours of reading, depending on your speed, in Act 1 alone. Imagine how much more how many more words there are going to be in the, the future acts, you know? It, it's, it just takes a lot of work. There's no, like, silver bullet for solving this. We plan really hard. We've got full route outlines for every character now. Um, so we can at least assess what sort of themes and conflicts they're going to address and make sure we aren't overdoing some specific themes or not representing some things at all that ought to be represented. Um, and we've been planning that sort of thing for, you know, the whole of 2020 pretty much has been dedicated to, to planning um, the future acts of the game. So at this point, we've got a pretty good idea of what each act is, uh, each route is going to cover. Um, but the fact is that was a shitload of work and a lot of back and forth between each writer and, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... There's no simple answer. It's basically just work and planning for a long time and a lot of iteration uh, until you get it right. And we still have problems. Uh, I don't think any game where you're, you've got a team of like seven writers, right? Or six, seven? A, a big number anyway for an for a independent volunteer project. It's going to be almost impossible to make it perfectly cohesive. Like you're nev I don't think you're ever going to be able to read Missing Stars and think... This could have been written by one person. You're, frankly, you're probably going to notice when the writer changes. But we, uh, in some cases, but for the common scenes, especially, we try to keep cases like that down, and it just takes a lot of work. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. We do have a dedicated editor, uh, Downex, who is fantastic at catching those little details, uh, especially really just in terms of continuity. Uh, really just making sure that, you know, our events, you know, follow the flow of time correctly. We don't have any causality breaking scenes, um, <laughs> which is good uh, because I'm sure we don't want to give people any more headaches than they need to. We're all good. Yeah. Um, having several editors read through independently always helps as well. Mm. Yeah. I think editing is just the biggest The more separate you really... sets of eyes you've got, the better. Yeah, you really can't submit like a first draft and say it's done. There are no flaws. It's perfect. There, it's always good to give you know give it to someone who could be like, all right, hey, you know, I noticed that you completely left out this one thing, or this plot point you mentioned doesn't come up ever again. Can can we incorporate that? And having that continual feedback usually helps. Okay, uh, next one here. Will we see more male side characters in the final game? Uh, yes. That's it. <laughs> but we do have, to, to elaborate more, we do have some more side characters planned um, that may, not, may or may not show up in Act 1. Uh, as we see more of the school, we'll have more uh, characters show up. Some of these will be male characters. Um, mostly it's gonna, it's gonna extend to students and you know, family members. Uh, typically, the girls uh, will have, you know, family members that you will interact with over the course of Missing Stars. Um, by and large, too, we do would we do in, intend to include the fact that Eric does interact with other people. Uh, we we don't want to make the scenes purely just him talking to the specific route girl of choice. 
uh, we do we, we do intend to include some nuance. Uh, some mentioned that, hey, Eric has friends, uh, which is kind of important. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we we will have male side characters that will come up. They will be they will they'll they might have minor roles. They might have major roles. You will guys you guys will see it in the full release. Expect some male students in the backgrounds of some pictures, because I'm trying to make the school more lively at least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, adding some life to all of our uh, CG's backgrounds is really important. And yeah, Lucas has done a fantastic job uh, with his yeah, progress. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there are plenty of people who are doing it. Uh, for Adam, how long do you expect all of the routes to take to read on average? Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to do a lot of maths to figure this out. Um, it's going to be a four-act game, but the first act is the common route, right? So that's it's going to be longer than uh, the subsequent acts. Mostly, looking at our route outlines, um, Acts two through four tend to be between 10 and 15 scenes long. That's not really a great metric because the length of a scene can vary pretty significantly. Um, but depending on your reading speed, it'll probably be, if you've read Act 1, uh, two to three times longer than that, maybe a little bit longer. Depends on the route you're reading. But at the moment, we don't have a set number because, one, we haven't written it. Um, <laughs> like the game's not finished, we haven't written it yet, so we don't know how long it is. Wait, um, you mean this podcast is not just a marketing stunt to announce the full release? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Unfortunately, not. I surprise, wish I Adam. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hear We've been found out. We've been found out. Oh no! Yeah. But yeah, surprisingly, the, we haven't written the game yet, um, so we don't know how long it is. But it'll probably be about two to three times as long as Act One for each route, but uh, it depends how fast you read, man. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, we do have, a, okay, we have a general update section here. Uh, I'm going to pass this off to Bodo to answer some of those questions. Uh, so Bodo, take it away. Thank you very much. So the first question on uh, the update section is, uh, when is Act 2 coming out? So. The next planned act release, it's going to be the full game rather than uh, episodically released. So we're not going to be releasing Act 1 and then Act 2 when it's finished, then Act 3, etc. Um, the next release that we're going to have for Mason Stars is going to be the full game. So you're going to have Acts 1 through 4. It's going to be the full version of the game, fully complete. That's going to be uh, when Act 2 comes out. The game we, comes we are out. not Telltale games, pretty much. <laughs> Ooh. Ouch. True. Hey, um, to be honest. And uh, I'm actually going to skip to the last question because it ties into the, to that one. Uh, when is the full game coming out? Uh, we don't know. It's really going to depend how well things go development-wise. Uh, COVID's actually interrupted our workflow significantly. More on that later. Um, but short answers, we don't know. We're hoping sooner rather than later. Um, Estimate time on the next public update. Keep watching. There might be one coming in the next few weeks. Uh, how's the Siege update coming along? Uh, I'm going to hand that over to our art director, Lekos. So, Lekos, how's the Siege update coming along? Well, it's going pretty well, to be honest. Well, it's kind of uh, ground to a halt a bit because COVID, but, you know, we all had it. <laughs> we have some Sieges ready, at least. so. 
well, you know, kind of expect to see more later. I kind of want to show off more eventually, so you know, you'll see more eventually. You were in the dev channels on Discord because seeing the up the like the the new CGs rolling as Likos makes them and the other artists too is a magical experience. So good. I like uh, yes, updates. it is quite fun to see more stuff. I I enjoy it a lot. I don't, I don't think I've been disappointed by anything that Likos or the rest of the art team has produced thus far. <laughs> it's so fun. Plus, we get to put them in builds to like test them out as they get made, so we can see them in situ. Oh, seeing some of my stuff being being made into um, the engine is pretty magical. It's a so lot of fun. I I hope it's the same for my colleagues. So, yeah, I I like to think that I motivate the team by posting out as I. Oh, definitely. Yes. If yep. you drew like a graph of my output on Mrs. Scar's related work, you would see massive spikes any time you post like a, a, a CG or a, or a new sprite or something. I'm like, oh shit, I, I better do some work now because this has got really got me into it. Every time I post, it's like, wake up to pussies, work. <laughs> <laughs> it's my whip. Yeah, his whip and his whip is Keep art. A very artistic looking whip. Okay, and we'll move into, uh, we have some technical questions here. Uh, I'm gonna pass it off to Steve, one of our programmers here. Yeah. So the first question is, will there be any sharing of save data between the different acts? And if so, how will that work? Well, because we're looking at releasing everything together as a full game release, there won't be a need to transfer the data between the various acts. However, any saves from the current version of act one are unlikely to be compatible with the full game because there's going to be a lot we're going to be adding to make Acts 2 through 4 work that aren't in the game at the moment. Um, so obviously, you'll just have to play through the glorious, glorious Act 1 again and um, enjoy all of that again. Considering we're going to be adding like a ton of content, both written and art assets, they're going to be all oh, new. That won't well, be you'll have, a, you'll have a pretty good reason to want to replay it, so hopefully that won't be too painful. And the next one from there, have you guys considered adding a gallery and or a place to jump straight to scenes you've already read? Um, the gallery is certainly on the list of things we want to add. Um, ideally, that will be coming in the next um, update that we do, um, where you may even see some of the new CG art. Just saying. Um, Jumping to scenes, though, isn't something we're going to plan because um, so much of it is designed so that it reads smoothly and um, consistently. And jumping to individual scenes would probably break that flow. We've got a lot of dialogue that sort of depends on choices you've made previously. So if uh, if we had a sort of jump to a scene thing we'd have to decide how you know what the canon choice is i think for that option that uh conditional dialogue and we don't really want to do that that's yeah, a, that's like, a yeah. big factor be because a lot of the choices are player driven as opposed to being you know they, they could be like ambiguous answers it's it's it'd be really tricky to do that there's a lot of variables involved um and uh, yeah and essentially yeah we don't want to make a quote-unquote canon choice that could affect people's perception of the game because like 
oh, the canon choice is always this one anyway, so why bother selecting the other choices? They're not canon. Yeah. I, we definitely don't want to uh, make that a thing. <laughs> whatever whatever canon you, uh, fans want is the, the one that they want, is the one that they, uh, that they choose, as opposed to the one that we tell them to choose. Be careful with that statement. <laughs> Basically, I don't think we're writing in like obvious bad choices or game overs. We're not doing right. the sort of the endings that you might call the bad endings have just as much effort and time and detail put into them as the good endings. They are still Absolutely. endings of the story that are dependent on your choices. So we don't have we we don't have canonical roots. It, it all depends on what choices you've made, and so Correct. jumping to a scene would kind of make that impossible. Yeah, and of course sometimes things just don't work out. Yeah, sometimes you win, too. sometimes you lose, depending on what choices you made. Mm -hmm. yeah and those kinds of choices will will pop up in uh future acts so we gotta look forward to those um they might be a little soul crushing they might make you happy it, it's ultimately um it's ultimately how that Personally, works. I, I love making people cry so yes we're gonna oh, make you cry adam <laughs> spoilers make people cry we don't oh we're not, we're not gonna anytime someone on discord has been like oh this one scene in Anna's route really made me cry. I'm like, oh, I might, I, I might as well die now. My life is complete. I don't need to achieve anything more. The views expressed by <laughs> not necessarily represent the. <laughs> we sustain ourselves off oh. of your tears. It's true. He was just plastered that statement everywhere. <laughs> okay, uh, with our next section here, this is more related to uh, just kind of the team as a whole. So I think I'll take care of pretty much all of these, actually. Um, how does the team continue to work if the person responsible leaves, considering they have a unique style in their work? So that's involving an artist or a writer, et cetera. Uh, well, we do have a lot of documentation. That's kind of the big thing. Uh, we do have our plans. We have notes, uh, rough, uh, rough styles, et cetera. Those are passed around to the rest of our team. Um, and that work can be then picked up by the rest of the team and the replacement. Um, in the case of art, we do have a specific art style document that we have all of our artists follow. Uh, when, we, uh, when we're looking at prospective artists to join our team that are interested or those that applied, uh, we would usually give them um, an art assignment followed with our, um, with our particular art style document. Um, usually the people who apply, they're able, if they're able to replicate that very well, um, then we bring them onto the team. That's usually the case. Um, with writing, it's a little bit different. Typically, we, we're looking at, um, in the past when we've um, looked at writer applications, we typically have them look at, uh, we, we give them a, a rough rundown of what we intend to have for our character, uh, usually because we have, uh, we have a, a character sheet for, you know, say Katya or Jean, and we show them, you know, here's kind of our character sheet that we have for them. Based on this, you know, we'd like for you to write an interaction uh, of your choice between, you know, this character and say the protagonist and, you know, go from there. Um, and that's usually done very well. Uh, typically when we have, in the past, we had people completely just write their own outline for a character that 
would cause a long time for us to readjust what we want for our characters, uh, making sure that they fit uh, the, the, the themes that we wanted for Missing Stars, etc. And it, it was very time consuming. Um, more recently, we've kind of decided here is a, here's an outline, here's a character sheet. We would prefer if our, if our future writers would follow through with what we have written already. And of course, they can make changes as needed. But by and large, we'd like for them to follow like this character sheet that we have, uh, the pre-existing scenes that we have. You know, here's examples of how they talk, how they act, things that they would do, and go from there. So a lot of it is just having documentation and having new people follow through on that documentation. That's really the big thing. Turnover like rate is out. definitely a thing uh, that can be discussed. Uh... Especially for like studios who are like you know just getting their feet wet, like turnover rate's pretty high. But now that we've been here so long, we are pretty damn solidified in who we have. So don't expect anything to change anytime soon for that. Yeah, I think we've we've gotten pretty. I think we got a pretty solid staff right now. Um, you know, I think any major changes would be you know like a sudden illness, a sudden lifestyle change. Um, you know, if people got a new job and they can't dedicate as much time or uh, any, any big life-changing events obviously could affect that. But I think for, for, for the team that we have right now, I think we're pretty rock solid. So I'm pretty happy about that. As far as the art team is concerned, I'm pretty much the, the one to help the new ones. Funny because I was a new one for a while. <laughs> and yeah, I can pretty much uh, be the one to help um, the new guys to fit on this. That's really time. cool to see, though. Like people that uh, the, the the way that people's uh, abilities develop because uh, while they're working on missing stars. Oh god! And that's kind of happening yeah. with you, like us. Yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. really cool. Lucas's yeah. art styles oh, evolved significantly, which is awesome. I think a lot of our writing styles have developed significantly. We're seeing other people's feedback. We're seeing other people's examples of writing. And we're learning from each other, which is really cool. Oh, fuck, At the man. moment, we're, we're, we're going all over a lot of Act 1 scenes, and I keep looking at my old scenes that I wrote in 2016, and I feel like they're really bad, and I need to change them. <laughs> so <laughs> we've all changed a lot. So. Oh, I'm sure we have, yeah. Uh, these next three are kind of pretty similar. Uh, how do you make the team commit to work until the end of their part? Uh, what would you say the bottleneck for visual novel development is, and in what ways has COVID affected development? So I'll try and answer these as quickly as I can because they're pretty similar. Uh, making them commit to work, uh, the big thing is just, you know, what we do regularly is we have bi-weekly, no, not bi-weekly, bi-monthly, sorry, mix those two up, silly me, uh, bi-monthly meetings, really just general progress updates. Uh, it's just It's just me and, you know, a couple members you know, checking in, it's like, hey, you know, what have you managed to get done over the over, over these past weeks? You know, are you struggling? Are you, you know, having difficulty in, in certain places? Do you need help? Uh, it's just a way to get everyone to kind of, you know, talk and let them know, like, hey, you know, I'm busy, or hey, I haven't made enough progress, I need help on something. Uh, it's just a really good way to make sure that we're continually talking to one another, as opposed to being like, you've got your assignment, get it done, and then just let them do it. And then in terms of bottlenecks, uh, probably the two biggest ones would be writing and art. 
uh, writing because it's pretty time consuming to sit down, do a bunch of writing, and then just and there's also you know submitting it to editing, getting it edited, making sure that it fits our uh, script format that we have uh, for RenPy, and then also testing it in RenPy to make sure that it doesn't break our game entirely. Uh, art is pretty similar, uh, minus the whole programming bits. Um, art is 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 a process, as I'm sure most artists would agree with. Uh, okay. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of polish. It's a lot of making sure that you know the colors are right, making sure that that you know when compressed the art assets don't look terrible. A bunch of stuff like that. Um, and in terms of external factors, obviously COVID. Uh, has probably been the biggest bottleneck for our development over the past year here. Um, I think a lot of, I think pretty much all of us have been affected by it in some way. Um, for me, for example, you know, I, I had a, I, I had lost my job due to COVID. Uh, I got laid off because <laughs> the areas that we were going to, that we were going to service, I had a couple of uh, future uh, on-site projects I was hired to go to uh, in California. And that's when COVID was starting to really spike in the country and California was a big hotspot. Um, but when those were canceled, it's like, oh, we don't have anything for you. Bye. That kind of sucked. Um, but it, it for, I, I think for a lot of people, just the general lack of energy because we're at home, we're isolated from friends, from typical things that we do. I, I think that's affected pretty much everyone here. Um, it's caused a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, yeah, uh, I, a lot of uncertainty. I, uh, I ended up actually it, hurrying out. It's a lot. That's actually why I'm still uh, on limited capacity, because I was burnt out from just 2020 in general. So even yeah, though we don't we don't have to go into like a Somnova office, there's no such thing. We are all remote. But God, the, the year 2020 has been so much less. Uh, productive than i thought it would be for me like we've we've yeah. i've probably gotten about half the work done that i planned to just because it's been so fucking Same horrible. Here. Yeah. <laughs> we I, all it's... have full-time jobs or mo i think most of us do and if not full-time jobs then other mm -hmm. full-time commitments outside of the project like it's a hobby it's this isn't what we do full-time so and and full-time work has been so draining that oh yeah it's been yeah. tricky I have to say that just getting half of your work done in 2020 is an achievement. It's been it's been <laughs> yeah, a fucking that's year. That's very true. Um, just surviving, honestly, I think is an achievement for all of us. On the plus side, though, because we're well separated, being spread over several countries, we've not been at any risk of making each other ill. Yeah, that's the this is also nice. Face to face. Which is the way I'm actually working on missing stars or anything yeah, like that. It, so. It's a minor bonus. But a bonus nonetheless. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll hold there on you to go. That. Hey, you know what? It's 2020. We need all the help we can get. Oh, yeah. For real. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And last question here in this, uh, in this particular section. Are you guys going to set up a Kickstarter or some kind in the future? I still can't believe this is entirely free because the quality is just stellar. Well, first of all, thank <laughs> you. You're great. Second, and we don't really have any plans for Kickstarter. on the way. Your PayPal payment is on the way for it. Yeah, very much agent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, unnamed fan. Uh, but, to answer... <laughs> but to answer the question, uh, right now we don't have any plans for Kickstarters or asking for any funding for Missing Stars. Uh, we've always intended the game to be free. 
uh, for people who are just fans of the game. We would really like it to spread as much as possible. We would like it to be free for that reason. Um, we also feel it would be very complicated to try and split all of those fundings uh, evenly since we're spread over several countries. Um, I think we have pretty much all major continents, I think, except for Africa, I think. I think we've covered yeah, Africa and Antarctica. Uh, <laughs> we have devs in pretty much every continent, which is kind of fun. Um, but we do ask if you guys would like to support the game somehow, spread the word to your friends and contacts to you know in, to have them enjoy the game. Uh, we would love it if we were able to spread the word about how important mental health is, not only um, in terms of you know getting treatment, but showing that you know it's okay to have a mental health issue. Uh, we feel it's much more important than having money to run a studio with. Um, if you do feel like you have the money or the time available, uh, we do ask that you donate to you know a good mental health charity, volunteer your time somewhere at a center. Um, those are incredibly valuable. And charities, um, you know, specialty centers, those are super, th those are in super need of, you know, just people who want to help, people who want to donate money. So that is so much more useful than, you know, trying to give money to a dev studio. Again, we're, we're all volunteers. We're doing this because we love this idea, because we love this concept, and because we have a lot of fun making it. Um, we feel that we don't, we don't really need to be paid for having fun like this. Um, we feel that, you know, again, donating your time and money for charity is a much more worthwhile endeavor. Uh, we have just this kind of a tiny little other section. Um, and we'll give this to uh, Horror, because he wanted to answer this one. Uh, will Serkia receive a remaster like Arcadia did? Uh, for those of you who might not know, Serkia was a small project that we had um but uh horror you can go into that a little more detail here yeah so for those not in the know Serkia uh was one of our smaller game jam projects i i did music on that one um a remaster is currently not planned uh if it changes if we plan on remaster or do any updates on it we will announce it well i also do want to iterate that what we have right now is just something that was made in two weeks. This was not like a month game jam. This was a two week project. So, you know, considering that it's really not that bad, but- It actually is quite nice. Yeah, we, we like yeah. it quite a bit. I personally would love if it gets a remaster, but it's currently not yeah, in the like... works yet. At some point, we probably would like to explore it again. Um, I think the concepts that we did, uh, some of the art that we did was really cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, one, part of a once we have time, yeah. Created by Aora, one of our artists. Um, so it kind of yes. depends on them um, and their willingness to, to work on that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's ultimately up to Aora at this point. Um, yeah. If, if if she authorizes, uh, like, hey, let's get it done. Let's get the remaster. Then we'll follow through, and of course, we'll keep you all updated. Uh, we've got a bunch of open questions here at this uh, this part of the podcast, so I think I'll just kind of open up to anyone who wants to answer them. Uh, so we'll start with our kind of our open floor here. What's the most surprising or unexpected aspect of being a development team that you guys have experienced? How about oh, you well, learn? Yeah. 
um, I'd say that despite the stress we've had, it's been you know a lot of fun, and we've grown an awful lot as we've been learning more about the process. You know, both working with other people, working with um, strangers that we've not got face-to-face -face interactions with. It, you know, that's all been good, um, and certainly some of us have picked up a lot of skills. For me, it's become my main hobby. Like this isn't much of it it's not really a side thing anymore 90 percent of the time if i have free time that i would dedicate to a hobby it's going to be dedicated to missing stars and whatever else some of is working on so it's like it's part of my identity now i don't know if that's healthy or not but it's a fact and uh yeah i kind of didn't plan for that when i first joined i thought it would just be a sort of side thing but it's now it's aside from my full-time job it's my main thing okay i feel you <laughs> welcome to the club <laughs> nova assimilates all adam uh, are you finished your answer what was that are you finished your answer oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm all done okay. okay just didn't want to interrupt oh <laughs> uh, sure um yeah the most surprising aspect for me uh how dedicated i am to this project uh, when i first joined i wasn't sure if i was gonna be dedicated or just quit after a year and a half and uh after going on hiatus for three months uh i couldn't wait to get back on so i'm really happy about that uh, i tend to jump from thing to thing and i'm really happy i'm sticking with this uh, just because i believe in the message of missing stars and I want to see this thing done. <laughs> so that's been my biggest surprise. I would say for me, there are a couple things. For one, uh, like I was really surprised at Samnov's ability to turn like raw and adulterated like talent into release. Uh, not many studios can boast that they've, you know, for free made several hundred thousand word releases and. Uh, they've made them well, and they're really polished, and they're really well written. They have really good art, music. Their programming is really good. Like, Samanova is really unique in what it's accomplished. And my other thing was uh, being here for a few years, getting to see the studio grow. Uh, like, is is really impressive. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't know how to execute it, you know, your projects won't be. You know, they won't be good. And some Nova's projects are definitely good. They've gotten the execution down pat. Yeah, honestly, I'm really proud of us for, you know, we, we've really come a long way since, you know, we we started this project in the Kyle Shojo forums because someone po proposed the idea, like, what would, what would we do if it was mental health disorders instead of physical disorders? The discussion built from there. We got our own forums. We got our own IRC channel. Remember when IRC was a thing? Wow, <laughs> what a time. Uh, and then seeing it slowly get to the point where it's like, oh, like this is a real thing, not just like a theoretical, like what if? But it, it, it's really impressive that we've come this far. You know, it's been, it, it, we're coming up on, you know, pretty major anniversary. It'll been, oh God, uh, what's it, eight, nine years now? 20, yeah, 2021 will be nine years. Jesus. But seeing, seeing all of that is, is really something else. It's, it's very surprising that we've 
come this far when we actually become like a cohesive like studio that actually does shit. It's kind of fun. We've got like four releases under our belt now. It's not yeah. like we're just fucking around making nothing. We've released yeah, we more things. Yeah. Yeah, we made our Arcadia, which a lot of people have really loved. We've gotten a lot of responses for Arcadia, which we're actually really happy about. Um, you know, oh, we've yes. got our yeah, we've got our Sakia project, which it was small, but there's a there's there are people who liked it, which is kind of cool. Um, of course, Missing Stars, both our demo and our actual release, is very exciting. And that's not even to mention our collaborative works with uh, Watercrest with Wolf. Um, uh, I did oh, some. I totally work. forgot that. Uh, I, I did some work. Field of Flower and Stars recently. Sorry, but yeah, I, I fucking love that so much. It was we great. had. I had a blast doing the writing for that. It's fun doing those collaborative projects. I would love to do more of them with Watercrest in the future, obviously. Um, I, I I had fun writing that goofy alien language that tripped up our voice actress. <laughs> our poor <laughs> voice actress. Oh my God. It was so, I didn't realize it would be voice acted because we didn't talk about it. So I was like, oh, I'll just write this goofy alien language. It's, it, it's fine perfectly fine yeah and it was like oh, oops there's definitely because a conversation to be had yeah. about uh interstudio like collaboration because like for watercrest oh all of our things are voice acted it's normal but like each studios have different expectations so it's definitely something to look into later that's a lesson for uh, the future yeah. That wasn't any kind of promise that Missing Star was going to be voice acted by the way like not a no 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 it's so big. We really, we wish, we really wish we could dedicate the time and effort that it would take. But it's just, it's so big of a project that'd be very I difficult. Would, we, we'd I would actually, really feel like I think we'd, point we would actually was, need to get funding for that. Right. I'd feel like if if I got a voice actor or many voice actors to do all that for free, I'd feel like I was really exploiting them in a bad oh, way. God. So, God, yeah. Yeah. Just get the Google Translate voice and record everything like that. Hell yeah! Let's go. Quality. Everything is just Microsoft Sam synthesized voices. <laughs> Hell yeah. Vocaloid, easy game. Play feel, a field of flowers and stars, though. It's really good. True. Uh, just, yeah. I wasn't involved in it at all. I just love it. It's a, I, I had a blast writing some of the scenes. I had so much fun doing to, that. To shill a little bit, it will be coming to Steam this year. Hey, oh, boy. That's sexy. Okay. Uh, we kind of really just, we, we, I guess we kind of inadvertently answered the second question here. What keeps you all motivated to continue working on this game and makes dedicating your time to make it feel worthwhile for you? I think really just, you know, seeing that people really enjoyed our game, uh, that, you know, a lot of people have seen our project develop into something mature and like actual really cool looking is kind of fun. Um, we just kind of all we just kind of inadvertently answered that second question. Uh, so I'll lead into the next question here. What aspect of missing stars are you guys most proud of? For me, Ooh. it's that we've been working so hard to basically represent um, all the conditions that we're looking at properly and respectfully. Yeah, um, I like that as well. Know, it would have been so easy to just take the um, straightforward pop culture approach to some of them and write them really, really badly. And but, getting some of the... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, but sitting, um, going through it, working on the conditions properly has made it so much better than it would have been otherwise. And yeah, I totally, on the, I totally agree. The feedback we've gotten, based on the feedback we've gotten, a lot of people agree. 
I think yeah, a lot of people like our very respectful representation of Jean, um, who has Tourette syndrome. Uh, I think a lot of people were very appreciative of the fact that you know we didn't make her you know oh I randomly swear at the every once in a while I just I just do that it's just me that's my character. Yeah, it wasn't the funny Tourette's meme, you know. Yeah, it was a real thing. I very early on, I you know I when I when I got John's assignment, I was like, okay, I really want to make this you know a correct version of Tourette's. Um, it, it just so happened that I had a classmate who had Tourette's, and it was you know not the sweary kind. It was you know I. He, has this, he, had, he had like muscle spasms and twitches as part of his tick. So I based, um, I based a lot of what we see with John's behavior off of, of, of like actually observing him. Um, I, I remember asking, I, I think I may have asked him like a specific question at one point, uh, but by and large, like yeah, I knew he had Tourette's. He was very open about it. He, you know, he didn't try to hide it or was ashamed of it. It's like, it's just a thing that I have. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not having, I, I'm not sick. I'm okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I, did, I took a lot of that and really mapped that towards uh, what I did with John, um, who I think one is, is someone who's you know very comfortable with her with her condition, uh, who does her best to really make sure that you know it doesn't you know it doesn't affect her, it doesn't make her any different or um, or, uh, or or like you know a weird character. It just makes her just another character who just happens to have Tourette's syndrome, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't encompass her entire being, I guess. That's actually a good point. We're, we're writing characters who have conditions, not conditions that are then attached to people. Can I give two answers? Yeah, go for it. So my first answer uh, for what I'm most proud of is uh, first, I would have to say the fan base, um, you know, okay, every fan base, they're going to get the occasional rotten egg. And we've had to deal with a couple of those, but by and large, uh, the fan base, especially on our discord server, uh, fantastic, very open-minded, very understanding. Um, they really take to the message that the, um, the project aims to broadcast and i think that's really great i think overall we've got a fantastic fan base right now it's super chill place to hang out now for this it's there, isn't it? it really is it's one of my favorite places to go actually um when i'm not working on message stars i like to hang out in the discord server just in general chat and interact with people because a little bias saying this but i think we've got one of the better fan bases <laughs> it's true <laughs> though yeah one of the less toxic servers i mean so yeah, yeah like, true yep We've and, certainly uh, worked on maintaining that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, my second answer would be, I would say, like just their standard of quality. Um, you know, when we're when we're actually working on the game, a lot of times we'll like if let's say Adam's writing a scene for Annalise and he'll share it, he may go, "Oh, I don't know if I like this." But the rest of us will read it and go, Adam, what are you talking about? This is amazing. So we all are just motivated to produce the best game that we can. And I think that's something I'm really proud of in terms of uh, Message Stars, just that we won't accept anything less than stellar. And we support each other too, like all the way through. Exactly. Instead of just shooting things down, we're like, hey, we have a studio full of people who are 
pretty damn professional. Here are the things that I recommend for this scene or this piece of art or this music. You know, we we give feedback and talk to each other and like, Somnova is a wholly collaborative experience. Nobody's out for themselves. It's really like we work together. I'm quite, I'm quite proud of the art in general. I'm quite proud to at least be able to, now that I've progressed enough, uh, help the team much more than just covering some sprites. <laughs> because that's what I did at the start of the team. So. But you're now, now carrying it and you're doing it fucking magnificently. <laughs> I agree. And it all looks so good. Oh. Well, it's not perfect yet, but you know. Oh, that's I'm another thing. My best. Another thing. We're very pot. We're very uplifting of each other. Like it's a very yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, I do like we'll that. We'll make up act one a, a real gem for you guys. Yeah, just wait. lots of polish. It'll be awesome. Yes, I think. Uh, f- I had a, a laundry list, but I'm not gonna gonna read that aloud. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think. All the stuff we said previously, 100%, but I also want to add, um, I think we're very determined to continue this project. Uh, very, very few groups like ours can boast being around since 2012 and being free the entire way through and releasing what we've done. I, I think the, the, the you know, never say die, like never quit attitude we have. I didn't hear no bell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we we won't we won't stop. Like we promise, the full game will come out. Like there is no question in any of our minds that we will finish this game, and I'm very proud of that. It's a matter of yeah, time. I agree. Yeah, yeah, not if but when. Basically, I still occasionally thing. think back to some. that one blog post from like before I joined that was like, if we don't release Missing Stars by the end of the year, we're gonna cancel it. <laughs> And that was yeah, in like that 15, was... I think. Oh, God, <laughs> like, that was, that was like, naive, wasn't it? <laughs> that was really dumb. It's like, yeah. I, I think, I think oh, the group I was, was all like, "Yeah, no, we're, we we got this. We're gonna we're gonna get it done." And I think internally we we're like, once we got to that point, uh, that to that deadline, we we're like, you know, we've made enough progress. Like, sure, we didn't get it done, but we feel like we've made a lot of progress now. Where we're like, we don't feel the need to cancel. Um, but yeah, looking back, like that was really dumb. Um, and then it still and... took us two years to actually release the game, but that's another yeah. matter. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think we got it wrong. Okay. A, a bad game released thing... is bad forever. Exactly. Yeah. If you want some change, we have been on development hell for longer than Yonder Dev. That's that's another podcast episode in its entirety, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about that game. That's what I'm not talking to you about, Paul. There you go. (laughs) And well, I think we can wrap up this uh, wonderful, wonderful podcast we've had today with Would you rather fight one Natalia-sized duck or 15 duck-sized Natalias? (laughs) One. One Natalia-sized duck. Because then I can can provide the food. Who could ever want to fight (laughs) Natalia? I would, but I'm French. Just 15 Natalias <laughs> would over overwhelm me with their energy. It's too much. And, and like besides, I, can, I can barely keep up with one Natalia. Yeah, and besides, there's always Uncle Dash to worry about. 
hearing 15 tiny Natalias speak puns into my ear would make me want to die anyways. I don't think I could survive that. Yeah, I think... I think I think I, I think I would agree that I would take the the, the Natalia sized duck. Very easy to bribe with like grapes and stuff. Grapes, lettuce, whatever. Plus, you have any grapes? Ducks? Have you seen duck farm ducks? Like they're not mean. They're skittish. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, break like, them if it were a goose, say, however, if, oh, if, if it's a goose. duck sized Natalias for me, I want fifteen times the average output of pump. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. 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 You cannot. <laughs> You cannot survive that power. But just imagine the size of the pancakes you could have if you beat up the duck. Oh, what the... Mm. But then, hold on. Would the volume of duck meat you get from an Italia-sized duck be greater or lesser than 15, like, ordinary Natalias? Assuming that in this universe where a duck-sized Natalia exists, cannibalism is okay. Also... Are we allowed to take it there in this podcast? As <laughs> <laughs> uh, PR, I'm going to say no. Let, let's leave that one. Join us for some Nova After Dark where we discuss Natalia cannibalism. Oh here, oh, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting this letter here. I'm getting this letter here. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, uh, I'm really going to eat that one up. Don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. <laughs> Thank God we don't have a legal team, otherwise I would have got in trouble. Yes, you probably would have. I, I'd have been kicked off the studio long ago. <laughs> I think a lot of us might have, yeah. This okay. is why I'm not the spokesperson. <laughs> that just thrown me. <laughs> who, put, who put me as the spokesperson? I'm the worst person. Anyway, that edit that out. I didn't say that. Okay, I believe you. Expressed by certain individuals. (laughs) Expressed by certain individuals are reflective of the studio in general. Say that. Say that three times fast. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we've had a fantastic discussion this afternoon, and I I hope to have more of these in the future. I know we've kind of been slacking off of making podcast episodes. This is only what our our third one, I think. Yeah. Um. I, at some point, we would like to make more. Um, if any of our fans have suggestions for future podcast episodes, please let us know. Please bother us in you know, our Sonosius Discord. Please join us. We're friendly. We don't bite much. And, but on that note, uh, it's been a fantastic episode this time. Uh, hope to hopefully we can. Uh, but for right now, that's all for we have for today for the Sonova podcast. We hope to talk to you guys, talk to everyone else in the future. Uh, but for now, uh, everyone say goodbye, and we'll uh, talk again. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.